Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rome, Alsell. This is Sunday, September the 11th, 2022. This service was recorded on September the 4th, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Barb Andreessen. The lector is Roland Vanderop. Thank you to Judy Fries for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of Gary Fries and Sean Barker. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this 13th Sunday after Pentecost. We're so glad that you're with us on this Labor Day weekend Sunday. I'd like to share with you is we have something new. It's called the Celebrate. It used to be an insert and now it's a cover. And I just want to share with you as we move into the service, when we come to the psalm, Barb will be our cantor in singing the song, and she'll teach us that we sing the refrain. With that, let us begin our time with confession and forgiveness. You'll find us on page 94 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority I there declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And uh, let us share in the prayer of the day as you find it in your bulletin, celebrate. Direct us, O Lord God, in all our doings with your continued help, and in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you. We may glorify your holy name. Finally, by your mercy, bring us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Let us receive God's word. Our first reading today is from Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your hearts turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life so that you are your, and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to you, your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Our second reading is Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God, because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you receive all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. For this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man, now also as a prisoner of Christ, of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to us, but now he is indeed useful to both you and to me. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service of me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord, so if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about you owning me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And he turned and he said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. 
So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some hard words. Some hard words that have us asking questions, especially this pastor. As I think about the opening hymn as we gather together for worship on this Labor Day Sunday, we sang the words, Come, Christians, follow where our captain trods. Follow where our captain trods. Our captain, our righteous and our victorious king. He is Christ, the Son of God. This captures our theme for this 13th Sunday after Pentecost for me, is to follow Christ. But to do so, it will need to take us out of our comfort zone. Another word that comes to mind from reading today's text, and Roland, I appreciate the way you lifted up the text and read it the way you did, is I heard petition, petitions. God is petitioning us to make choices and God will not stand in the way of our choices. Whether wrong or right, but God will stand at our side. And we do need to make choices, not to remain neutral. It was interesting as Lucas and I were getting ready for worship, we were praying and I don't know why the analogy of a football game came to mind. Remember when we were praying in my office about that? And when we go into the game, and we've had a wonderful game this past weekend, right? The Cyclones or the Hawkeyes winning both. We go into the game and we huddle up and we have a plan and we have a goal. We don't go in there to just stand and to be neutral. God is petitioning us to make choices. And I need to share with you that it's very serious in what Jesus is sharing. This is not a feel-good lesson from Jesus. One way leads to life, and the other way leads to death, was Moses' instruction to the people. One way leads to blessing, and the other leads to curses. But in this life, we know that our choices are not always black, nor are they always white. We have seen many things in the news that have been capturing our attention, things that we never thought that we would have to consider again. I think of abortion, and wherever we fall on the right or fall on the left or fall in the middle, there is not black and white, but there is gray. And there is life. Recently, my physician petitioned me to make an appointment with my ophthalmologist, an eye doctor. Not because she was concerned with uh, anything going on with my eyes, although she did flash that little flashlight across my pupils and I'm sure they shrunk down and were large again after the light was retracted. But she was doing it out of good health. And when we go to the ophthalmologist, they inspect our eye deep within. They're looking at the retina. They're looking at the back of our eyes. 
And it's amazing when I think about our bodies. I was having a conversation with someone before uh, even people were arriving at church and we were talking about the, the complexity of our bodies. And the image that is thrown up onto the back of our eye is actually upside down, but our optic nerve turns that around so that we can see right side up. And so they're looking at those small little compartment cells that make sight possible for us. And then you remember they push this machine up to you. I mean, it comes right up. Your eyelashes can feel how close it is. And then the eye doctor begins to flip lenses and they go, can you see more clearly with A or with B? And then the whole thing changes. A or B. Anybody have that experience or am I the only one? Yeah, okay. And when we get done after making choices of clarity, oh my goodness, we got supervision. We can look all the way to the back of the room and we can read the fine print, can't we? And then how come doesn't that work when we go and pick up our new lenses or not quite that way? But we have excellent eyesight and making choices and finding clarity. We have made a series of choices, A or B, to reach the best outlook for our vision. Well, God is petitioning the Israelites to make the best choices, to seek the optimal outlook in the life God has promised to them. And here they are. They have gone through the wilderness. They've gone through the tough times. God has been there with them, at their side. They've messed up along the way. They complained to God. They prayed, and sometimes they prayed to other gods. But yet God stuck it out with them and delivered a message through, Noah, through Moses the prophet. Before you enter this promised land, flowing with milk and honey, choose life. Choose life. And Jesus is petitioning others. He's been teaching and walking along, and people have been following him. And he's petitioning others to make choices about discipleship, about building up the kingdom of God that stands before them. And in Paul's letter to Philemon, in petitioning him to make a choice to see Onesis in a new light. To see him not as a slave, but now to see him as a brother in Christ, building up the kingdom of God, building up the body of Christ, coming alongside. There's a real shift, a paradigm shift. And look at our prayer of the day. We begin with these words, direct us, O Lord. We seek for God's guidance in our lives. And I know many of us, when you come up to those hard choices in life, you might say, Lord, which way? What choice? A petition to guide us along our way. And there's a common thread here. That it's about choices that lead to and give birth to life. Choose life, says the Lord. Why? So that we may live and love and obey and uphold fast to the Lord who wants the very best for us. The very best. 
living, loving, serving in God's covenant promise that leads to a life of abundant joy, liberty, and freedom, to be who it is that God intended us to be in unity with one another. This does not mean that life is without heartache and hurts and pains and suffering. Even in these deep valleys of life, God is with us. Here, in fact, God's grace can intercept us. Here, God's love can inspire hope in our hearts. And it is here God can and does bring a needed change in our heart when we meet those hard times in life. For in our hymn of the day that we'll sing in a little while, the last stanza reads, I fear in the dark and the doubt of my journey. Who doesn't fear in the dark and the doubt in our journey? But then the words change. But courage will come with the sound of your steps by my side, Lord. Yes, it is true that the Lord is always at our side and brings comfort and peace and love. And so we pray, Lord, direct us this day. This year, our Sunday school and confirmation students will be learning the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment is, you shall have no other God. And in Luther's small catechism, he explains, what is this? Or, or what does this mean? And he says we are to love, fear, and trust God above everything else. Love, fear, and trust God. Here is where life is found. Here is where life is abundant. This commandment is our compass in our life together. It is our compass as we make choices that can be measured by truth. Does it lead us to life? So returning to our scriptures, particularly our second reading in, in Luke's gospel, we are petitioned to make choices. Paul's petition to Philemon was to receive Onesimus back no longer as a slave, but a beloved brother. Christian, above and beyond any legal demands. A new social arrangement, a co-worker in Christ, a paradigm shift. Building up the body of Christ together. To do this, Philemon needs to release him. He needs to release one who feels captive to change his ways, to put on new lenses, and to see our neighbor or the slave as our brother or our sister. In our gospel, Jesus petitions his followers to reorder their lives. These are hard words. The one who does not hate family, does not hate life as they know it, the one who will not bear and carry the cross and follow Jesus cannot be his disciple. Can any of us be his disciple? These are troubling words from the Son of God. Hate is a strong word. But to understand what Jesus is saying, we need to look at the Greek origin of this word, which is oi, my oi. Oi, my oi. The removal from being first, no longer being loyal to 
or drawing allegiance in order to receive preferential treatment, but rather to disregard, to let go, to walk away from the earthly inheritance. Now it starts to make a little more sense. But what about the fifth commandment or the fourth, depending on if you're reading the commandments out of Deuteronomy or if you're reading them out of Exodus? We're to honor our father and our mother. In Luther's small catechism, there is a hierarchy, there is a relationship that begins with God. Luther says that we are to fear and love God so that we neither despise nor anger our parents or others in authority, but instead honor, serve, obey, love, and respect them. Remembering the first commandment that we are to love, fear, and trust God above anything else. Jesus' petition is for us to reverse the order. Now I thank you for allowing me to have the privilege to go and spend time with my parents. My father was at the end of his life. You allowed me the opportunity to go down to Arizona to spend time with my family one week a month. That is incredible. And it wasn't to go down and to shrine my dad or to worship my father or to put him on a pedestal, but it was to go and to walk with him, the walk to Emmaus. It was a hard journey. And to honor my father was, I didn't want to end up in a nursing home or a hospital. That left us one choice, that my father was going to die at home. And my mother could no longer wage that battle. She became just a little 100-pound woman. And it was not easy. But I want to share with you that there was one particular night. There was one particular night. After helping Dad get to bed, and that process would start at 9 o'clock, and it would be a quarter after 10 before we finally got to the edge of the bed. And it took everything that he could to put on the CPAP machine and rehook up the oxygen. He couldn't be with the oxygen very long. And we pivot him around to the bed, and as I did every night, I held his hand and gave a squeeze and said, Dad, I love you. This particular night, for whatever reason, Dad did not release my hand. I tried to walk. Nope, he wasn't going to let go of it. And so then I began to pray out loud. And then after praying, I recited the 23rd Psalm. And after sharing the 23rd Psalm, I recited 1 Timothy. Then I recited John 3.16. I began to recite scriptures. And my dad's words to me, I pray the 23rd Psalm often too. And um, I sang, Blessed Assurance. And I think about all those things that we did that night. And finally, I had to, I said, Dad, you're going to have to release my hand and I will climb into bed. And I climbed into bed and Mom was on one side, Dad was on the other, and I was in the middle. We trusted in the gift of life that is to come.
We put our hope and trust in the Lord, the gift of our salvation. It was a wonderful night. It was a wonderful night and knowing that a choice had been made and our choice was to love and to fear and to trust God above anything else because the body was failing. I know that I was the son. I wasn't the pastor. But my father knew that I had a deep-seated faith and I was willing to share it. And I can tell you that was probably the most sacred night in my life. Jesus also petitions us to stay the course, to journey with him all the way to the cross and beyond. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity and I cannot thank you enough for what you did for me. Jesus also petitions us to measure the cost. This isn't cheap grace. There is a cost. Are we willing to stand up for the one who laid down his life for us, God in the flesh, to free us from the penalty of sin, which is death? The choice made by Adam and Eve became our burden. But God has, was not happy with the outcome and chooses the perfect outcome and being the sacrificial lamb. God chooses us and in doing so always, always, always chooses life. If you've lost a loved one, you know that it will just be a matter of a few light days and we will be gathered together as we do to this day gathering around the Lord's table with all the saints to be reminded again that we are forgiven and that we have the cup of salvation that we drink which is the Lamb of, the God, of God the blood of Christ, the body and blood, broken and shed and poured out for us. And then finally, Jesus petitions us to surrender the things that hold us down. I think that's what happened that night. My dad finally surrendered. Remember to fear and love and trust God above anything else. Surrendering to God leads to life, leads to that wonderful gift of eternal life. For today, tomorrow, and life in the glory to come. May we be an offering our whole life. Lord, use our voices, our hands, our lives, that we may be yours, for we are an offering. Lead on, O King Eternal. Amen. And as scattered grains of wheat are gathered together into one bread, let us gather our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of God's good creation. We pray for the church around the world, for the mission of the gospel. Refresh the hearts of your people. Deepen our understanding of every good thing we share. And strengthen our partnerships in faith. God of grace, hear our prayer. For the well-being of the earth, for all its creatures, for trees and forests, for all that will yield fruit this season, that for streams and other bodies of water, God of grace, for this community of faith, for all our labors begun, continued, and ended in you, and that your glory and your holy name. Bless your people with the strength to live into their many vocations that you have called them to for the sake of the world. God of grace, we give thanks for the saints now rest from their labors, especially Peter Claver, the priest and missionary. And we think about our, our loved ones. Our fathers, our mothers, our aunts, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, and uncles that we have lost along the way to know that we'll be united with them again 
and the resurrection hope and that we gather this morning around your table with them. Give us faith like them to love you with all our hearts and by your mercy bring us to everlasting life. God of grace. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <clears throat> For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to share a few announcements with you. Let me just share this. Um, today's radio broadcast will be heard on KMCH 94.7 FM at 1030, and this was given by Judy Fries in memory of Gary Fries and Sean Barker. Let us stand and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734. All rights reserved.